In Good We Trust is recorded at the Philadelphia Ethical Society in Philadelphia, PA. For more information about us, visit phillyethics.org or follow us on Instagram at phillyethics. Norman Rockwell's 1961 painting, The Golden Rule, features human beings from all over the world of various ages and ethnicities simply standing serenely in contemplation of the words, do unto others what you would have them do unto you. Similar messages are central to all the world's major religions. Buddhism, hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. Confucianism, do not do to others what you do not want them to do to you. Hinduism, this is the sum of duty. Do not do to others what would cause pain if done to you. Judaism, what is hateful to you, do not to your fellow man. This is the law. All the rest is commentary. Islam, none of you truly believes unless he wishes for his brother what he wishes for himself. Ethical humanism, act to elicit the best in others and you will elicit the best in yourself. The universality of this rule is why Rockwell's painting was dedicated in a 1985 ceremony at the United Nations. At that ceremony, the UN Deputy Secretary General praised the painting's embrace of multiculturalism and idealism, both fundamental to the United Nations. He said, at its core, the work is about narrowing the gap between the world as it is and the world as we want it to be. And these days, we need the empathy and the reciprocity it encourages more than ever. While I embrace its sentiment, the golden rule has been criticized for being overly idealistic and ineffective. I want to explore something that's missing from most expressions of this guide to moral living, and that is power. When I apply the golden rule to myself in my daily life, it might go something like this. Should I be down on my luck, unhoused and employed and living on the street, I might want to receive a handout from others. Should I then give $5 to someone camping out on a sidewalk, have I fulfilled the obligation this rule points out? Strictly speaking, maybe, but as so often is the case, the devil is in the details. My token of generosity may be a good thing, but it doesn't address in any lasting way a profound inequality of power. It's the reason some people I know approach the golden rule with cynicism. They say that the real golden rule is whoever has the gold makes the rules. After all, religious and political leaders often defend unjust status quos with pithy phrases. I mean, the poor have been promised that the meek shall inherit the earth, as they've been further disempowered. Roman philosopher Seneca said, treat your inferiors as you would be treated by your superiors. Now, one of my favorite philosophers, Martha Nussbaum, skewers Seneca's approach, asking, where precisely is the sense of common humanity here? We might equally imagine an argument that said, treat your dogs the way you'd like to be treated by the gods. This blatant elitism is a distortion of the golden rule and it peddles a superficial universality 
as an ethical good. Those with resources might rhetorically ask, if you were wealthy, you wouldn't want your money to be redistributed to others, would you? This undergirds Gloria Steinem's critique of the oppression of women. She explained that too many women think that the golden rule encourages altruism to the point of selflessness. For many women, she said, the golden rule needs to be reversed. Steinem wrote, I wasn't treating myself as well as I was treating other people. Women need to treat ourselves as well as we treat other people. But unfortunately, women have long been taught that they should embrace so-called feminine characteristics of empathy, humility, sensitivity, deference. Women were told to steer clear of the common areas of life which stressed traits seemingly opposite those like assertiveness, toughness, and power. In other words, they were told, let men have all the power. The golden rule does not adequately take into account these differences, especially of power. People commonly say, why is it ethical to treat others as we would want to be treated? They may be different than us and may want to be treated differently. In 1906 at Carnegie Hall, the founder of ethical culture, Felix Adler, made the same observation. In a speech titled, Golden Rule Misleads, the New York Times reported Adler said that the golden rule is, quote, not very useful when there is a difference in sex or age. Now, I admit that applying the golden rule literally to children can be inappropriate. I mean, at the end of a long day, might I want to have a beer? I shouldn't treat my children as I would want to be treated. But Adler goes too far when he imposes his Victorian bias regarding gender and sex. Too often he embraced stereotypical roles for women, saying that they should focus at home on the children. He's hampered by his own subjective biases, which do not fully embrace the other person as unique. And he falls prey to essentialism, the belief that types of people are defined by certain characteristics they are assigned by nature. It's ironic because in other ways, Adler embraces the uniqueness as of critical ethical importance. But he accepted and internalized some unfortunate and ugly social constructions. And this is a limitation we've only partially escaped. To do better, maybe we should take greater note of how Kwame Anthony Appiah, who writes The Ethicist in the New York Times, approaches the golden rule. He doesn't think it goes far enough in embracing the uniqueness of every person. In fact, Apaya calls mindless application of this rule fool's gold. He emphasizes what is in some way obvious, that treating people the same is not treating people with equal consideration. We have to go beyond equality. We must reach for equity. A truly golden rule requires that we take other people's interests seriously. For Apia, taking other people's interests seriously requires a worldly or cosmopolitan appreciation of multiculturalism. Apia suggests that, quote, encouraging cosmopolitan engagement presupposes the acceptance of disagreement. In a world where we are allowed differences to breed division, we need to be more sincere in creating dialogues that respect uniqueness and difference. 
to treat each person as an end in themselves requires greater awareness of and respect for difference. But it also means empowering others so that they need not ask for handouts. The golden rule loses its glimmer if it serves to maintain inequalities. To empower others, we have to give them space and autonomy and encouragement and resources. Only then does the sacred nature of the golden rule arise. Adler writes, The ideal destiny of humankind is to develop a higher human type than exists at present. I mean by this to set free the gifts, the talents, the responsibilities that are latent in us all. This will lift you into a different atmosphere. You will be lifted out of the sordid into the realm of the spiritual. Look at man not from without that which he has accomplished, but try to turn the searchlight inward. You will understand, sympathize with him a little better, and you may get close enough to help him a little. Who knows? The golden rule that I promote within humanism is act to elicit the best in others, and you will elicit the best in yourself. This implies that we begin with the other person that we strive to empower them so they may fulfill their potential as they envision it, as they create it. Only then will we elicit the best in ourselves. Morally, we all rise most when we rise together. That's the version of the rule I hope we follow in our lives, in our communities, and at the United Nations. <laughs>